is good. I turned your attention this morning to the book of John, chapter 3. And reading from verse 1, I want to say thank you to uh, Brother John Johnson, who is the assistant principal here at uh, Bayside High School. And he has uh, made all of this possible, and I don't think we could have done it without him. Thank you, Brother Johnson. And I'm excited about what God is doing. I hope you're able to stop by one of the booths before you leave. You can worship the Lord with your giving in one of the booths. There's another booth that talks about home Bible studies. Uh, other booths that gives you more information. You can get a t-shirt. I believe this is just the beginning of crusades in the city of Palm Bay. Oh, yes. I believe that when you get out in this atmosphere of the community and you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, God honors it, he anoints it, and the Lord begins to bless us as a church as we begin to reach for those that are unchurched. That is what we have seen Friday and Saturday, and I'm expecting the Lord to do awesome things today and tonight. I hope you're here with a spirit of anticipation and expectation because the Lord responds and moves where people are reaching. Brother Green preached last night a powerful message. There's a difference between being a believer and being a receiver. How many of you want to be a receiver in the name of Jesus and receive what God has for us? Amen. So thankful for Pastor Tom Tremble, who's with us, Brother Jeff Walthall, this incredible worship team, the Elms family, amen, that are still here to work the altars. They didn't go back to Fort Lauderdale. They said, we want to stay, even though they're not singing. They're here. We love you guys. You're amazing. What a blessing you have been. John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We have all been born of the flesh, or we wouldn't be standing here today. But I'm here to tell you that the same God that made it possible for you to be born in the flesh is here today for you to be born again. And that means to be born of the Spirit. So for the next few moments, I want to talk this morning about the born again experience. You may be seated, and thank you for standing. Being born again is a statement that simply means to allow the Spirit to give birth in your life. Understand that the scripture is accurate. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, just as flesh is birthed through a three-step process, so is the spirit. 
And this three-step process is given to us in Luke chapter 1. Before Jesus was ever born, the Old Testament prophets were declaring his name. His name shall be wonderful, counselor, the mighty God. The name Jesus was given to Mary before she even knew that she was pregnant. Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Before Elizabeth, her cousin, was ever pregnant with John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel was declaring his name to Zacharias. The first thing that has to happen before you and I are born again of the Spirit is that there has to be a declaration of the name. I'm glad that I know that name. I don't have to wonder who God is. I don't have to worship the trees and the penguins and the birds and the spotted owls hoping that I can reach God. I know that when I say Jesus, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is God. It's all in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, my friend, you've got to declare the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your nationality is. When you say Jesus, I'm here to tell you, that's not just empty words that are lost in the atmosphere. But when you say Jesus, there is something that energizes the particles of the spirit world. The demons have to flee. The addictions have to flee. At the name of Jesus. Possible. The preaching of the gospel is based on the declaration of the name. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. The writer is saying, Paul, as he writes to the church in Thessalonica, he is saying that this gospel didn't just come to you in word. We were not just speaking empty words, but it came in power and in the Holy Ghost. You know why? They were not just words. They were in power in the Holy Ghost. It was because they preached the name of Jesus. How many of you have ever found, it didn't matter what situation you were in, but when you called on the name of Jesus, the atmosphere changed. I remember as a boy, my dad taking me to school, and we would just be riding down the road, and it would be quiet. I was going to school trying to wake up. My father was driving me, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he would just say, Jesus! <laughs> I mean, it would scare me to death. I'd say, what's the matter? I thought we were about to get in an accident. He said, son, I was just thinking about how good God is. 
is a declaration of the name. And the second thing that has to happen is the response of the soul. The response of the soul. Ladies and gentlemen, when the word of God goes forth, it falls on all kinds of ground. It falls on good ground. It falls on stony ground. It falls on thorny ground. But I'm going to tell you what. When it falls on good ground, there is something that activates our spirit. There is a response inside of us that says, I can't just sit here any longer. There's some joy. There's something supernatural that's taking place in my innermost being. It is joy unspeakable. Full of glory. The Bible says that Mary, the cousin to Elizabeth, she arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste unto a city of Judah to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She had just found out that she was to give birth to Jesus. And at this point, Elizabeth was already about six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And it says, and she entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted or greeted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now listen to what she tells her cousin. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the pain leaped in my womb for joy. is still in the womb but when he hears the promise that comes out of Mary's mouth that a savior is to be born and his name shall be Jesus the baby leaps in the womb for joy oh my friend when you begin to respond with your innermost being to the preached word of God and you said I want that I feel joy I want the Holy Ghost there's no devil in hell that can stop it the seed has been planted in the heart and when that word finds good ground there is a response and something begins to take root something begins to live there is a reaction in the soul and worship ignites this there's a fusion of joy and spirit that creates an internal combustion in the soul there is a reaction there is a response the soul sits up the soul leaps for joy the soul says I hear the voice of my creator. When my twin sons were born, they were born 30 days premature, so they had to spend some time in the hospital. And they were real little fellas, and they had them all hooked up in the NICU unit with all of this wires and sensors and had all these machines monitoring them. And once a day, my wife and I were able to go in and to visit them. 
And so they were so little, and they had all these wires on them. So I would stand at the foot of the bed, and, and I would talk to them. And then I would squeeze their toe. And the sensors all started going crazy. And the nurses came running over. And she said, what did you do? I said, I touched his toe. She said, you can't do that. I said, did I hurt him? She said, he's excited because you touched him. Why do you Pentecostals get so excited? Because we know when we've been touched by our Heavenly Father, we're not just going through the motions. This is not some sort of empty emotionalism. This is a bunch of creation that says, I know when he touched me, he touched me and I turned around. Somebody touched me and I know it was the hand of the Lord. So I promised not to touch him. And they let me come in the next day. And they put me in a gown and gloves and a little hat. And they said, now don't touch his toe. And I said, okay. So I went up there next to the bed. And I didn't touch his toe. I just said, how you doing, buddy? This is your dad. You're going to do awesome. You're going to be a mighty man of God. I told, I called their names out and the machine started going crazy and the nurse came over and said, what did you do? I said, I didn't touch his toe, I promise. She said, you don't have to. He knows your voice. You know why we love to shout out here in a football stadium? Because we know the voice of our heavenly father. We can't sit still. Something inside of us says that's my father. We can hear him. He's speaking to us. He said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, you ought to lift your hands and worship the Lord for just a moment and let your soul begin to shout at the hymn with the voice of triumph. So there has to be a declaration of the name. There has to be a response of the soul. And the third thing that has to happen is the liberation of the tongue. You see... Zacharias wasn't sure about him being named John. He didn't have anybody in the family named John, I guess. He wasn't sure if that's what the name was that he wanted to name his son. So the angel said, well, you just won't be able to talk until you realize his name is John. So for approximately three months, he couldn't say anything. The neighbors would come to visit. And Zacharias was speechless. He'd move his mouth around, but nothing come out. But when John the Baptist was born, the Bible says in Luke 1:57, 
Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy unto her. And they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias. The neighbors don't have the message yet. The friends don't have the revelation yet. They said, we're going to call him Zacharias after his daddy. And his mother answered and said, not so. But he shall be called John. We're not going to call him Buddha. We're not going to call him Baal. We know his name. And though it may take some time for your friends and family to come to it, you already know. You've already had a visitation. And they said to her, but none of the children are called by that name. And they made signs to the father. He's sitting over there in the corner. What do you think about this, Zacharias? Elizabeth saying, he's not going to be named after you. Said his name's going to be John. In verse 63, he said, he asked for a writing table. And he wrote saying, his name is John. Oh, I'm going to tell somebody right now, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what identity the world has tried to put on you. The identity of the world is that you're a loser and that you're a drug addict and an alcoholic. And you've made so many mistakes that you'll never amount to anything. You ought to tell the devil, he's a liar. I'm an overcomer. I'm a born-again believer. I'm not a victim. I got the revelation. And God is the one that establishes my identity. And they marveled all. And verse 64 says, And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. As soon as Zacharias wrote, his name is John. All of a sudden, his tongue was loose, and he began to speak, and he began to magnify God. Oh, come on now. Isaiah records in the Old Testament, for with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to my people. That's why when they received the gift of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, the Bible said they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance when there's a declaration of the name and a response of the soul there is a liberation of the tongue and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How do you know? And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You don't have to understand it. All you got to do is just flow with it. And let the tongue begin to magnify God. I'll never forget when we were in the country of China and we were meeting in underground churches, we gathered together in a church in the city of Shanghai. 
and it was a two-hour process to get to this group of believers. And we began to talk to them about the Holy Ghost. And they began to receive the Word of God. There was a response. And then as we began to pray, there was a liberation of the tongue. And there was about 120 people that were in this room. And every single person began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They were laid out on the floor. They were speaking in tongues. I seen some of them go and open up the window and a spirit of boldness come over and they begin to speak in tongues out over the city of Shanghai, even though that was a, a risk of being arrested. But yet they could not contain it. There was something inside of them that began to just worship the Lord. And I remember, I remember one lady was standing by an open window and she was shouting out in English, in perfect English. And she was saying, Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is salvation. We needed a translator. So I said uh, to the lady that was translating, is it possible we can use that lady? She knows English. She went over and spoke to her for a little while, and she came back, and she said she doesn't know one word of English. I said, but I just heard her declaring that Jesus is God, that Jesus is sound. Oh, my friend, you may not know what you're saying, but your spirit is worshiping. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I feel like this Holy Ghost experience is going to surround us this morning in a powerful way like we've never seen before. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision, the Jews, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did the Jews know that the Gentiles had received the same spirit that they had? Remember, at this time, they weren't convinced that Gentiles could be filled with the Holy Spirit. They thought this was only a Jewish thing, but they couldn't deny what was happening in the household of Cornelius, a Roman centurion of the Italian band. How did they know that they had the Holy Ghost? Verse 47 says, For they heard them Speak with tongues and magnify God. Do you see a common denominator? When there's a liberation of the tongue, there is worship that goes forth. When the tongue was liberated in Zacharias, he began to magnify God. They began to magnify God in the upper room. We saw it in the nation of China. And now, here's a Roman centurion that is receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Something about worship that begins to transform us from the inside out. And we begin to receive this Holy Ghost experience. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking in tongues is the overflow of God's Spirit being birthed in your heart. Yeah. It is the visible manifestation of the Spirit of God. And this is your opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Would you lift your hands up toward heaven? And would you lift up your voice? And would you begin to shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph? Come on, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph all over this house. Come on, right now, outside. 
in this place right now, would you lift your voices under heaven? And could we shred the atmosphere with a shout of praise right now? Come on, shout. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Shout just for a few more moments. Praise the Lord for a few more moments. Hallelujah. All right, come on, that's it. Shout out to the Lord. He's working on some hearts right now. Would we praise the Lord for a few more moments before we do anything else? Would you take a few seconds and shout with everything within you? Would you praise the Lord with everything within you? Would you shred the atmosphere with a shout unto the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mother Myers has already laid the foundation. The Holy Ghost is ready to be poured out. If you are here right now and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, if you have never had that experience and it was just preached about right now, I want you to lift your hand as a sign of faith that I am ready to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Could every hand go up that wants to receive this mighty outpouring of His Spirit right now? Come on, that's it. I want you to lift your hands now in Jesus' name if you want the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're here today, would everybody put your hands down? Every hand down right now. If you're here today and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have received it with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. Would you lift your hand right now? If God has filled you with his spirit, would you lift your hand right now? Beautiful. Come on. I want to, If you have the gift, I want you to lift your hand with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. If you have never spoken in a new language, your hand does not need to be lifted right now. That's what's about to happen for you. That's it. That's it. Keep your hand lifted. Keep your hand lifted. Now, I want every spirit-filled believer that has the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to look around for those that do not have their hand up right now. Come on, look around. Leave your hand up if you have the gift. And if you see somebody that doesn't have the gift, I want you to get ready to go to them and say, we are going to come to the front together and we are going to worship God. Come on, look around beside you. Look all around this place right now. Look around for who doesn't have their hand up. That's it. We're going to walk in boldness in the spirit right now. Young people, elders, whoever you are, I want you to look around for somebody that doesn't have their hand up. And I want you to go to them. Come on, go to them where they're at right now. Yes, go now. Don't wait. Go to where they're at. Find them. That's it. Find them. That's it. Now, when you find them, I want you to take them by the hand so they don't have to take this journey alone. And I want you to say, we're going to go worship the Lord together right now. Come on, grab them and bring them to the front right here. Line them up in the front. Look at the people coming right now. That's it. 
altar workers, if you're an altar worker, get ready to come line up on the front right now. Come on, look at the people coming to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to line them up shoulder to shoulder in the front. Come on, with your prayer partner. I don't want you caught up in the crowd. We want to see you right now. Come on, that's it. Line up in the front if you want the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. That's it. Come on, come to the front. That's it. That's it. Praise the Lord. Altar workers, I need you in the front looking at people you're getting ready to pray for. Altar workers, line up across the front right here. Turning towards the crowd, I want the altar workers in the front right now. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. I see a lot of people that are here to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're going to make one more pull. If you're here and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, I want you to look at the people up here that need the Holy Ghost. You're not alone. Your brothers and sisters are up here ready to receive. If you want the greatest gift you will ever get, I challenge you, come to the front now in Jesus' name. Do not wait another moment. Come now in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Come on, we want you lined up in the front if you want the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. Altar workers, I want you with the person you're about to pray with. Everybody that's seeking the Holy Ghost, I want you to look at me right now. That's it. I want you guys to look at me. The most important thing that we have to do is we're going to repent. And we're going to get everything out of our lives that would stand in the way of the Spirit beginning to flow out of us right now. He said it would flow like a river of living water. And then the next verse says, this spake he of the Spirit, but the Spirit had not yet been given. But on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was given. And then it said, the promise is for your, your sons and your daughters and all that are afar off. That's us right here. The only thing that stands in the way of a river is things that block the flow of the river. When a log falls into a river, it hinders that flow. That same thing in the physical, the sin is in the spiritual. That sin, it will stop the flow of the Holy Ghost from coming out of you. And guess what? Don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt for being in sin because we are all shaped in iniquity. That means every person here, whether they have the Holy Ghost or they don't, we are all at one point or another in sin. And here is your opportunity to get the answer to it. Amen? 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 So in just a few moments, we're all going to lift our hands. And when we all lift our hands, we are going to ask God to forgive us of those sins. I see people already beginning to cry. That is showing that God is already moving upon you for you to receive his spirit. And it's the greatest gift in the whole world. Oh, hallelujah. I, I feel we need to repent right now. Repentance is here right now. Would you lift your hands with me? And if you don't know what to pray, you can say what I say right now. Come on, lift your hands. Lord, right now, forgive us of our sins. Wash us of our sins. Help us to turn away, God, from those sins that we have committed right now. Lord, forgive us of those things that we thought. Forgive us of those things that we've done. 
Right now, I rebuke condemnation by the authority of the name of Jesus. It will not hinder you from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Ask God to forgive you of those sins. That's it. Lord, forgive me right now for anything that would hinder me from receiving your spirit, Jesus. Forgive me right now, God. Forgive me right now, God. Oh, that's it. Hallelujah to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. That's it. That's it. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. Come on. That's it. The Spirit of God is ready to be poured out. The Spirit of God is ready to be poured out. I need you to listen for just a few more moments. We're ready to receive. I want everybody to listen. Lift your hands right now. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your eyes toward heaven. That means you're not looking down because you are not in condemnation. Your sin is not going to hold you down from receiving God's Spirit. You have been forgiven. So lift your head because redemption is drawing nigh unto you right now. I want you to focus in and I want you to begin to tell yourself, God is about to fill me with his spirit now. Hear me. You will speak in tongues. You will say things you have never said before. You will speak in a language you have never spoken before. Now, in Jesus' name, when I say the words, hallelujah, I want you to begin to praise the Lord with everything that is within you. Shout with everything that is within you. Give it everything you got. Are you ready? Every head lifted all across this stadium right now. Every head lifted all across this stadium. Are you ready? When you hear the word, hallelujah, I want you to shout with everything. Do not hold back and do not hinder the spirit right now. By the power of the word of God and by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command you in Jesus' name to receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Shout. Hallelujah. 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 Shout with everything. Now speak in tongues. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, yes, receive the Holy Ghost, receiving the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Come on, yes, do not hinder the flow, speaking Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. 